That was crazy. Today on Lockdown Red Wings, OG Lockdown Red Wings host Nolan Bianchi wants to know, do we believe? You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. And today, Scotty, we are rejoined by the original host of Lockdown Red Wings, Nolan Bianchi, also beat writer for the Detroit News. He's got something in common with you there, Scotty. In fact, I believe you owe Nolan some credit in that regard as well. I do. I'm very public about the credit (laughs) I owe Nolan in that regard, yes. (laughs) Uh, But Nolan, welcome back to the show after... Quite, quite a bit of time, honestly. I think it was off-season last time we had you on, maybe preseason. Uh, how have things been going for you? Things have been going well. Things are going well. I'm very busy these days, uh, which is very, very good. Uh, actually, a little bit slow for this week, but going to the Combine uh, next week, first time. So that'll be uh, that'll be really exciting. It's going to be a full week. Uh, looking forward to that. Got engaged last week. That was a big one. That was, that Congratulations was again. One. I want to brag, you know, throw that one in right off the front, but it's pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> I had to think of something else first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's pretty much it. You know, just kind of waiting for uh, for soccer season to start. Detroit City FC is getting ready. They they got their first game in, uh, I think, three, four weeks here. So just when it seems like everything is starting to slow down, uh, it really starts ramping right back up because the Red Wings are, are you know, starting to heat up right now, too. And that's uh, that's a big part of it. Yeah, the best uh, Detroit FC writer you you know. Thank you, thank best you. One out there. Also wrote some pretty damn good articles on the Lions across the season as well. Sure, All, right, guys. All right, guys. Give me some plugs. You know, go read Nolan's articles. Support. <laughs> Welcome them, back, man. Welcome back. It. I appreciate <laughs> it. But we are here today to talk Red Wings, as that is one of your passions as well as anyone who's listened to our podcast for years has known. Um, but coming in, usually we ask the guest question, but you prompted this visit said, I want to ask you guys a question, Nolan, ask us the question. Now is the time. So I was driving home last night. It was after the Red Wings game had ended. And, uh, obviously like over this, this win streak, you know, people were getting a little bit excited and stuff like that. And then things kind of came back down to earth a little bit with that Seattle game, uh, the other night, but it was one of those losses where I think you were, were able to write it off a little bit, even though you were disappointed, uh, you know, that, that they couldn't come out with the win. Uh, and then they go to Washington to, to close out this road trip. And I think very, very easily, uh, they could have gone in, rolled over and died. They're going up against a team who was, uh, above them in the standings by points. I don't, think it was by points percentage uh but nonetheless they're going on the road to close a uh, five game road trip whatever it was and they they come out with a 3-1 win they lose their captain 13 minutes in and uh it doesn't hurt them at all and and they, and they play you know one of their better games that they have I think of this win streak still and uh I was just driving home I texted you guys I was like are you still recording because I was just like I think I'm starting to believe you know and then so that's my question for you guys is do you believe are you starting to believe because I, I think I believe, you know, I, I think Brian, Brian, I don't think Brian does believe I'm going to be honest with you. I am still at a point, I guess maybe I'm at like the cautiously optimistic point as well. Like I, I want to believe, I want to believe more than anything on this planet. I want to believe. Um, 
but I also think like give me like two more wins and I think I'll be there. Like give me give me beat New York tonight as everyone's listening to this and maybe win the next one too and then I I think I'll kind of be all in. Yeah, I don't think I'm 100% there yet either. Not to be like a Debbie Downer coming in with all this energy and excitement and just be like, ah, no. But <laughs> I'm definitely starting to get there, Nolan, because of the fact that you you mentioned it. They could have easily gone into Washington, the fifth game on a long road trip, where you crossed the entire freaking continent mm-hmm. to get there and rolled over, especially after great losing Larkin. Scheduling. And they didn't. Yeah, great scheduling. And it, Well, we don't have to get into the NHL scheduling. We have plenty of complaints about that. But... They went in, they knew the stakes, and even ever, having moved Pew Suter up to the 1C, they shut down the Washington Capitals, and it was a great feeling, and that was the win where like, I really genuinely started to feel myself starting to believe. I'm certainly starting to believe. I'm in, like Scotty said, the cautious, cautiously, cautiously, that's the word, cautiously optimistic stage of my belief because they do have the hardest strength of schedule remaining where they play the Rangers tonight by the time people are listening to this. And we'll preview that with Nolan in segment three, but they also play the Tampa Bay lightning after that. They have a lot of really tough games ahead of them, but they are also currently sitting in wild card. Number two, if you sort it by points percentage, not by points, but points percentage, because they have four games in hand on the two teams that are ahead of them in the points range, which is incredibly exciting that they're right there in the thick of things. So yeah, Nolan, I I'm in that starting to believe I'm getting there, but I need a couple more wins. Well, and, and I, I guess I agree with you before I like fully, I, like I, I couldn't stand here today and say like, they're going to make playoffs, but like, I, I think that they, I'm starting to trend towards that direction. I think what makes it especially tough is you brought it up. It's not just the strength of schedule. It's the fact that there are seven teams within seven points of each other uh, at the top of that wild card race. And so I think, you know, if you want to break it down to, you know, they are X amount of points behind and they, have, I think there are two, two points behind four games in hand. Um, that's great. Like that's a massive, massive advantage. But then you also have to think about it from the perspective of they have to finish first or second out of seven. Um, and that's a taller task. I think when you put it in that perspective a little bit, I don't know if you guys agree and I don't know. If it'll, if it'll turn out to be that way, but I think Florida is still dangerous. I think the Islanders are still dangerous. I think Pittsburgh is still dangerous. Like all of those teams with the exception of Florida are like perennial, if not contenders, like playoff goers, I, I guess you is the word you would use. Yeah. And so like, these are all teams that are used to doing this and, and Pittsburgh and Washington, they have these great histories. They have these franchise players, but like they have all, they have, you know, been through these regular season struggles. They know what, uh, you know, this is like to get through this and and be able to come out on the other side in a playoff spot. And so I think that that is probably the one thing that I I would say gives me a little bit of pause when it comes to assessing, you know, where they are technically, because yeah, I agree. Like, you know, you, you just, they're in a playoff spot right now, but then it's like, okay, they have 30, 25 games left. Like that's a lot of games, you know, and like that could go, either direction who knows maybe they they take a commanding spot in that wild card slot but um so much so much that can happen i think yeah for me i i just when we start making up some of those games we have in hand those need to be win those need to be the wins like i i will i will be a lot more confident when we don't have any games in hand and we are honestly like you might need to be in 
a playoff spot when you start making up these games in hand. Like you, you mm-hmm. might need to be in wild card two by the time you're within a, a, a game of those other teams. Cause the, there's, there's just like you said right there, honestly, Nolan, like there's so much that could happen. There's so many games left just in general. And you have so many more games left than like everyone else, even in that conversation that I, uh, that's like the big thing for me, like games in hand are great, but if we're, if we take those, what do we have four games in hands on the team that are in the wild card right now? Like if we, if we're still like two points back when we make all those up or a point back when we make all those games up, that's, that's a, that's a tough situation to be in. So I think that's the biggest thing for me is like when, when the games played looks a little more equal that you need to be kind of like solidified in a spot. You need to really take advantage of those games in hand. Yeah. And also not to mention too, when you look at the teams that you're fighting for those, those wildcard spots with, you are have the worst by far five on five uh, play, which is something me and Scotty harp on all the time is the Red Wings five on five play is not good to say the least. A lot of that win streak had to do with phenomenal special teams. I mean, they went like 40%, eight for 18 during that win yeah. streak, which is great. I mean, you're going to find success when you can do that, but it's not something that you can do consistently. You can't maintain 40% throughout the rest of the season. So the five on five play has to improve, but on the flip side of things, if you're looking for something to be optimistic about this team is finally fully healthy and they haven't yeah. been fully healthy all season long. Jacob Vrana is finally back. Whether or not he stays is up for debate because he doesn't have to go through waivers again, unless he plays 10 games or is up for 30 days. But when Raymond gets healthy, a decision has to be made, but this team is finally fully healthy. So we can finally see what this team is capable of. So maybe mm. that five-on-five five play will finally improve when these lines can get set in their ways and find that that natural chemistry. But it's a tough battle, especially when you're playing in the Atlantic Division. You got a lot. That's where a lot of that strength of schedule comes in is playing against the toughest division in hockey. Well, and um, just to tie back into the the games in hand thing too, like I I, I do want to like check ourselves a little bit because they do have four games in hand on on new york and florida who are in the wild card spots technically right now by points but they have the same amount of games played as pittsburgh they have three games in hand on washington which is significant but they have you know buffalo has a game in hand on them and and they played the same amount of games as ottawa who they have twice next week so like that i think is you know part of it too like they do have games in hand on the the, the teams in the slots right now uh but you know when it comes to actually I guess, finishing this race, they're not as far ahead of at least more than half of those teams than, you know, some people, I guess, are, are making it out to be as well. I mean, how crucial are those Ottawa back-to-backs going to be? That's going to yeah, be yeah. killer. Like, you could sink the – if you win both those games, you could absolutely sink the Ottawa Senators' playoff hopes. Well, I mean, that, and, that could be vital. And it goes the other way around. Like, do you want to jump into the buy or sell thing now? Like, uh, you, Well, let's go to a quick break that? and then okay. – Let's do a quick to. break. Because first, I got to tell the people today about FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are joined by OG Lockdown Red Wings host and Nolan Bianchi and beat writer of the Detroit News. And we just talked about whether or not we believe in this team's actual chances of making the playoffs. But let's transition now, Nolan, into whether or not you think this team should buy or sell at the trade deadline or third option, stand pat. I mean, is there is what is the most likely path in your eyes that Detroit Red Wings and general manager Steve Eiserman is going to take? So I think this decision comes after these next four games. You, you mentioned already they got the Rangers, they got the Lightning, and then I have a home-and-home home, uh, with the Senators. And I think you'll you'll kind of be detached from the emotion of this, this road win streak and, um, you know, just the win uh, against Washington. And I, I think you'll be able to have a clearer picture because, like you just mentioned, they are healthy, and this is the team that we were expecting to see uh, – all along. And so how do they fare in these situations? And and so the, the second game against Ottawa is the 28th trade deadlines, the, the third. So I think that that is probably, if not the game before it, like that's probably the game where you're like, okay, we have to make a decision here. Now, could they go out and make a move like before those games, like during sometime in the middle of the Rangers and Lightning's games? Like that's entirely possible. I don't necessarily see them doing something which they mortgage the future in any way. Like I don't see them, you know, giving up a, a first round pick or any sort of like high end draft capital like that to to kind of get into the playoffs here. But I also do think that like there is. I think if you if you come out of this, let's say you take six points out of eight, which will be, you know, that's, that's pretty, you know, lofty hopes, but I think it's kind of what you have to hope at this point. They come out with six out of eight. Like then I think you're like, okay, this is a, this is a pretty good hockey team, you know? And I think if you do, I think you can buy, but you're buying with an eye on the future. And so, you know, what is, what does that mean uh, in terms of how Bertuzzi is or isn't involved? You know, like I, I do think that, if you're going to buy, you have to buy for this year, next year, and maybe the year after that, honestly, to make it digestible, even though there is, you know, a lot of benefit to simply getting into the playoffs with a young team and, you know, getting them that experience. There, there's so many different things I think at play here, but. So you're not necessarily buying a rental. You're buying somebody who, if it is rental, you're eyeing for an extension immediately. Probably, yeah. And and if that is the case, and it's not somebody like a Timo Meyer or anybody like that. Okay. I, I agree fair. with that sentiment. That's something we we talked about, I don't know, a few days ago now, Brian. Um, oh, it might have been last night. They all blew and, together. <laughs> true. I And we talked about it a little bit. We haven't had like a, a super in-depth discussion about the trade deadline yet, especially not since the win streak, just because it's, it's so fluid. I, I think I'm right there with you. I think that it could change a lot depending on the results of, of the games from now, just until this time next week, nonetheless, now. So I, I think that I, I think I shared a lot of those sentiments, you know, the, I think Stan Pat is becoming more and more likely to be completely mm. honest with you. And I think that's a very real possibility, especially, you know, we, we talked last week about or earlier this week, whenever, about how uh, how Bert's no longer on the market and whatnot, and and I think that that's a, a somewhat direct correlation to what's been happening. And uh, it, it I agree with you. They're definitely not going to mortgage the future. They're not trading any of the youth we have and the controllable youth we have 
for immediate rental talent. That's just like not going to happen. It, it's never going to happen. But if they can either get an extension or if they can just find someone on the market that that is controllable, just period, has team control, has RFA status, can extend right away, whatever the case might be, um, I, that that might be an avenue. But I'm I'm kind of in the same. But I, I really do at this point, I think standing pad is significantly more likely than it's ever been all year. Yeah, and- I'm. I agree with Scotty for the most part. I'll just say that in that, and like you said, it's fluid. So in the next couple of weeks, it could completely change. But as of right, right. now, I don't see them selling. I think the Mata extension and pulling Bertuzzi off the trade block, uh, as the reports say, kind of indicates that this team's closer to standing pat. But I can't. I agree with you, Nolan. If they are going to buy, it's not going to be anything huge because this team's not in a place yet where they're going to win a Stanley Cup. So they have to still retain assets. They're still building. So they're just, I don't see them making any huge buys unless that the player that they're buying is somebody they think can be there for a long time. Well, and we also talk about like how difficult it is for them to be getting in this race. Like obviously health is a big part of that, but then specifically the goaltending, like if Billy Huso gets hurt and this team goes all in, they're screwed because yeah. like they, they, Billy Huso, I think like people definitely appreciate him. I, I wouldn't even go as far as to say he's underrated because he's very rated here by the fans, uh, which is, a, which is, a, I learned recently is like a British phrase. Like I don't rate him, which is, oh. which is funny. Like, I don't think he's good, you know, which sure. is learn that, take that home with you. Use it at the, the dinner table. I don't Hello, know fellow I kids. About. <laughs> well, how about You're this? You're talking about I, Billy Huso being. Oh under, yeah. Under and and so like if, if they make a, if they make a move, <laughs> at the deadline then all of a sudden you know billy huso and it doesn't even have to be like disastrous season ending like if he's out for two weeks three weeks season's over mm-hmm. i i, I mean like i, I don't see also, how they get through that and then you know man consider this a magnus helberg cinderella story <laughs> he goes full hamburglar he goes full andrew hammond I saw a tweet the other day about the senators and it was like, Andrew Hammond ain't walking through that door. And I don't know why it just made me laugh. <laughs> um, it, I actually, it's exact it's Andrew Hammond ain't walking through that door. Like, yeah. you know, just it's, it'd be over. It'd be devastating. Yes. I completely agree. Um, I actually just thought of this off the top of my dome, but um, what have you made of Philip Zadina since his return? Because I am of the opinion that he has looked pretty dang good on the fourth line with Pew Suter since returning from injury. He has looked pretty good. And I think it's like kind of interesting though, that like he still didn't make the lineup. In oh, that killed like me. What it. a, what a confidence like, killer. Yeah. And it's tough, but like also at the same time, like the guys who were in the lineup, like they've been proving their you know worth to be there I think, yeah. all season. And so I don't know. I, I mean, like he's he's a kind of a guy who, like, I don't think he's a trade target, but like, I think if they're if the Red Wings are looking to improve, kind of uh, on the margins, and they don't want to do it at a very high cost, like I think Phillips Adina is the kind of guy, like, hey, maybe you can do that change of scenery flip, um, like an Athens CU type of player, where it's like, That's okay, we're not going to give up a lot for this guy, but you know. You can see where it goes with with just giving up a, a little bit. And I think, you know, a Jesse Poyarvi or somebody like that, I think is is, you know, not him specifically, but a guy like that or a guy yeah. like a Philip Sedina who can maybe, you know, 
help you improve. Kind of like a, a Mantha Vrana situation. I mean, can we talk yeah. about also the fact that Jacob Vrana has outproduced Anthony Mantha in 60 less games played with their new respective teams? That is wild to me. I didn't realize that Anthony Mantha has been that ineffective with the Washington Capitals since getting traded. Because that's a guy at one point I thought, and this just proves how, how wrong I can be at times. But I thought that Anthony Manta could be like a 40 goal scorer with the wings. Like at the, at the height of his tenure at the wings, man, he couldn't stop when the pucks in the my, back. Of uh, he also couldn't stop first, breaking his hand. But my first ever appearance on Locked On Red Wings uh, as a guest with Nolan and Ethan, I proclaimed that Anthony Manta would be a point of game player that upcoming season. It was a preseason mm. episode. It was, it was like the COVID year. So we were doing like a preseason episode in January. And yep. yeah, I said Anthony Mantha, point of game player. Yeah. So can we talk? Uh, so I know this is this is random, but like I don't know if you guys this happens to you guys too, but just like consuming and talking about and distributing so much like sports information, like things just like get jumbled in my brain inexplicably, and oh, yeah. and just like cause me to think things that just are completely untrue. So like I saw on uh, I didn't watch the. Uh, stadium series game that the capitals are playing in but i saw somebody tweet that anthony mantha got in a fight and i i for some reason yesterday i just assumed he wasn't playing because he hurt his hand does is that weird i mean you could have assumed he wasn't playing by watching the game because he was kind of non-existent out there but then he did leave with an injury yeah Yeah, he literally did leave with an injury at some point so right so, but yeah, going into that game, I was like, oh, they're not going to see Mantha tonight. And then I was like, wait a minute, he's out there. Why did I think that? And then I was, he was like, out there until oh, yeah, he you, wasn't. you saw that tweet about him getting in a fight and you were like, broken hand. Gotta be a broken hand. Gotta be. Always. Man Farm. I still have that graphic somewhere. The Anthony Man Farm. That was my greatest Photoshop ever. It was great. Was Super Nintendo Chalmers uh, on, Man, on Twitter who, who tweeted out that like, Bertuzzi and Mantha are having a race to see who can break their hand first. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that account. That's such a fun Twitter account. Great um, account. Let's take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll do a game preview for the game against the New York Rangers. Uh, yeah, but we'll talk about that when we come back. I'm always awkward in the transitions where we don't have a read. So when we come back, I'm locked on Red Wings. <laughs> Classic clap. Segment Flip three. That, Locked on Red Wings. I, I always clip it, except for the times where I don't. Uh, <laughs> I will never forget the text I got from a buddy of mine who listens to the show and was like, hey, man, you know Brian like didn't clip that, right? And there's just this ad of Nolan and I doing an ad. And in the middle of it, like Nolan screwed up and he claps. He goes, clip that, Brian. He goes, yeah, this stupid ad or whatever. And then I kept on going and it was just in there. And I remember uh, the text I got the next day and I was like, what? But – we want to preview this game against the New York Rangers. The Red Wings open as home dogs against the Metropolitan's third place team. They're 33, 15 and nine, and they're kind of a wagon, uh, low key, really good team out of the Metropolitan division. All eyes are on the Carolina hurricanes because you know, what's funny is the hurricanes are kind of overshadowed by the fact that the Bruins are so good. Hurricanes far and away an anomaly in their five on five play. They are incredible, but you know, Rangers right there too. 65 points for Artemi Panarin in 57 games, 60 points for Zabinajad. Adam Fox is just a, a stud on the back end, 60 points in 57. And, you know, Igor Shesterkin in that. They, they are a team man. that is really well-rounded. He's got a 9-12 save percentage. And how about Yaroslav Halak? Only 16 games played, but a 9-07 save percentage, which is league average this year. 
So he's been pretty good really? too. Oh yeah, not the league average for goaltending is down because scoring is up. The yeah, league average for goaltending is like nine oh eight. It's really low. Um, game is gone. Yeah, ban it's, it's all all ban the shift, ban the trapezoid, or get rid of the trapezoid. Ridiculous. You want to come on Locked On Tigers? After this? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. Ridiculous. Can we talk about how back and forth it is on that over uh, the extra innings rule with the runner can, on? Can we second? talk about? Can we talk about how the Detroit Tigers just hired a nutritionist? Last week, it's pretty crazy. 2023, that was the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, no joke. But, like, there are certain what's that? Like, founding fathers quote, We hold these truths to be self evident. Like, <laughs> in my mind, every professional baseball club, at least that are affiliated with a major league baseball team and housing and developing the prospects of said major league team should have a one even just one nutritionist they didn't have that that is so crazy to me i texted scotty i go breaking news tigers have inked a deal with uh new era you know players no longer have to go to dicks to buy their own hats like that (laughs) that is to me that's the same thing i like it's as funny as that would be i don't really see a difference between like that and the tigers not having a nutritionist in 2022 that is crazy yeah, it was crazy. I, I agree. Get that off my chest. That was the my mind was blown, dude. <laughs> Nolan, what do you make of this game against the New York Rangers uh, tonight? By the time people are listening to this, in terms of impact going forward for the Detroit Red Wings, what's well, a big one? I mean, for all the reasons that we just talked about, like these next four games, I think will shape what this team does at the deadline. Uh, and this team scores a lot. Like I, I think it's going to be a tough game for the Red Wings. Uh, they lost their last two. I'm looking, they, they only scored one and two, uh, in their last two games, both losses. Uh, but in the games before that, they scored five, six, 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 four, five, four. So like this team can, can put up points with the best of them. You just went through the, the list of names, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, Artemi Panarin. Um, you know what you're going to get from that team. It's going to be like a, a consistent offensive onslaught where they're just going to try and, you know, wear you down and, and boat race you over time. But, um, you know, who knows? I, I, the, the Red Wings, I thought, you know, I've done a decent job of, of neutralizing that as of late. Like that, I, I felt like that was a big thing over that, that win streak was just like neutralizing, you know, the other team's offense, even though the, the defensive zone coverage still needs a lot of work. Like I don't want to get a, you know, <laughs> no, we feel you. Trust me. Oh yeah. Uh, what you talking about it, Ben Sherratt letting Matty Paneers walk to the front of the goal? <laughs> If you were to say, if the Red Wings were to win this game, what would you say would be the reason they did? I have no idea. Score more goals than the other team? Like, hey, <laughs> uh, great take. Like, yeah, I, mean, I, I really don't know. I mean, like, I, I think that, like, they probably, like I just mentioned, they're going to have to try and neutralize that offense mm-hmm. in some way. They're going to have to have good special teams. I, I, it, it's one of those things where like when you play a good team, like you just need to play a good hockey game. There's no like one or two yeah. things that you need to do. Like you need to play a full 60 minute hockey game. You can't have the defensive zone breakdowns that, that led to the loss the other night against Seattle. You can't, um, you know, get caught puck watching the way they have it at so many times this season. And you need to be able to, to kind of stay on top of that special teams battle. Make sure you're not taking too many dumb penalties. You're playing playoff hockey right now. And that, and that's yeah. what it is. And you need to treat it like such. And, and that means, you know, Locking it down defensively, being physical, but also, you know, being the cool hand Luke in, in moments where it needs it. I, I think that kind of to your point earlier too, Nolan, like 
pretty much every game at this point, I go into it with the mindset of, uh, like, like obviously the offense needs to needs to show up on a nightly basis. That's you know, as you said, score more goals than the other team. But pretty much every single night, my mindset is just like, all right, well, if Philly Huso has a bad game, it's over. So right, like right. that that's pretty much my like key to the game. Every game is just like, well, like Jonathan Bernier, circa two thousand twenty one. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Golly, that was an error, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it it pretty much though. Like it's it's just the the team will go as far. I, I don't know if I want to say that. I don't know if I want to say that the team will go as far as whoso will take them. Like I don't want to put the entire. I would. I I would say that's him, exactly like, correct. Yeah. Like I I really do. It's it's he is Brian. And I have said this before. Up to this point in the season, I think he's pretty comfortably, if you're talking about pure value, like most valuable player, I think he's pretty clearly the most valuable player on this hockey team right now. And uh, I don't see why the next 30, 25 games would be any different. So I, I completely agree. Um, so coming into this game, the odds on uh, FanDuel Sportsbook, Red Wings are plus 134 at home. New York Rangers on the road are minus 162. Would you take either of those? You th- are you comfortable with those numbers that you would lay some money down on either one? I, uh, I'm, I'm about the over. You know, give me some goals. What, what's the over at, Brian? It's Talk. over under six, not six and a half. It's six, oh. and both of them are minus odds. I think I like that. I think I like the over six. You know, if you get there, you, you'll push. Uh, but I think they can get to seven uh, in this game. Like I just ran down the uh, the list of Rangers goals. And they don't play, you know, exceptional defense in these games either. Uh, I think, you know, you mentioned Igor Shosturkin. He's world-class, obviously. But, like, in a lot of these games, they're giving up uh, quite a bit of goals where they are also scoring a lot. So uh, I think it's more than possible. I think, you know, the Red Wings have been able to, to kind of keep up in, in games like this as of late. And, you know, while I don't think that you want to get into a shootout uh, with this team, I I do think that it's fairly likely. So absolutely, uh, Scotty, what do you think? Over under? You know, I like the over. Life's too short to bet the under, man. You, you know, I, I'm I'm always taking the over. I'm always uh, taking the over. Based on what Nolan was saying earlier in regards to how many goals a game this team has a tendency of scoring, and the assumption—never right to assume—but on the assumption the Red Wings can get one or two on their own. I think over pretty comfortably. So yeah. I'd take the over in this game as well. Um, Nolan, thanks for joining us. Do you have any final thoughts, things you need to get off your chest? No, not really. I just brought up Jonathan Bernier, so I want to shout out Nelson Mandela. But that's pretty much it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, Scotty, any final thoughts? We ball. We ball. All right. We'll be back with a new episode on Thursday. No, Friday. This is the Thursday episode. Today's all blend together. There you on go. Friday with a game recap. So stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. We'll be back. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.